Welcome back, everyone, to The Forgettables, episode 43 today with your host, Rafi Husseini, Ahmed Chima, and Asad Patel. Today, we have with us a very special guest. He's a friend of ours. Well, friend of me and Chima, not a friend of Asad yet. Uh, his name is Muhammad Muhammad, and he's about to explain and enlighten us with that concept of storytelling on a podcast. So, Momo, please introduce yourself and take it away. All right, guys, my name is uh, Muhammad Muhammad. Uh, some people call me Momo, just like Rafi. Oh, so well, hold up, hold up, bro. You don't seem very excited to be on the road. Are you really going to do the Islamic speaker? <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. I can't hear is yeah, that just, just bring, I can't hear you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Muhammad Muhammad, also known as Momo, as uh, Rafi so eloquently stated. Um, yeah, I just like telling stories and I love telling stories through different mediums, so I thought it'd be cool to hop on here and Chima and uh, Chima specifically has been bothering me to hop on the podcast, so I thought I'd really join. I'm a pharmacy student going into my fourth year, um, and yeah, that's about it. So uh, for the audience, I'm going to give a little bit more context. Momo, as you said, he is a pharmacy student by day. Uh, in our circles, he's probably the, the most tenured storyteller uh, that we know. Uh, I'm speaking for myself at least, right? So the person that has the most experience telling stories, not just uh, in our conversations and when we're chilling, but also on a stage. Uh, and he's also, uh, I hope you don't mind me kind of mentioning this, but he's also done a little bit of comedy sets here and there. So uh, he does have a little bit of, he brings a unique perspective to the podcast. Uh, and I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, I'm going to kick you off with the first question. Um, you know, storytelling let's first talk about why it's so important. And you're someone that is, you know, when we're around people, you always have a story ready, right? So how did that start? And is it like, what, what about storytelling is, you know, like, why is it so important? Why is it a skill that we need to talk about uh, and develop in our lives and, and I mean, for our I, podcast specifically? Specifically. Yeah. I think uh, that was a multifaceted question. So I, you touched, you had a multiple points there. You asked why is storytelling so important? Why is it important to me? And how did I get into it? So I'll start with the first one. The reason I think storytelling is so important is because it just, it's the best way I think to express yourself. And if you look at marketing or branding or anything like that, it's just basically storytelling through a specific medium, right? So early on, I found that the best way for me to explain something is to take people through what happened from my perspective, really explain a story, right? If like, you know, I just, I, I got an argument with my sister and like my mom was trying to mediate, I have to tell her what happened, right? I can't just tell her exactly what happened. I have to make the story sound in my favor, right? So just early on, like, for example, like my sister, <laughs> this is, my sister used to like uh, really annoy me, piss me off, right? So I could have just hit her, right? Because I had to like, I had to agitate her. So I would really agitate her. She'd hit me and then I hit her. So then my wallet come up and then my sister would be like, she's crying. She's like, he hit me. And I'm like, well, she hit me first. And then my wallet was like, well, see, you messed up. It's your fault. Why'd you hit her first? Right. But she didn't see the precursor of be like really edging her on because she pissed me off first. So it was just a way for me to express myself. And I think that's really important in today's, um, in, to in today's world, communication, like that's the, one of the most important skills for jobs, interviews, podcasting or anything like that. And I found there's multitude of different ways to tell stories. Like you said, a lot of times I tell jokes. I think that's a great medium. 
Um, and then so poetry is, a, is another one that I utilize. Short, written written essays is another one. There's a no, there's multitudes of ways and mediums to tell stories. Um, and the first time I told a story was in the first grade, right? I heard this joke, <clears throat> one of those like Arabic jokes that like you just one of those WhatsApp forwarded jokes, right? I was a side radio, right? So one of those WhatsApp forwarded jokes, you know, in eloquent Arabic, I memorized it and I reset it. People were like, my teacher was laughing, classmates were laughing. He's like, you know what? We're going to put you on the morning announcements, right? So I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the morning announcements. So in the morning, I don't know, overseas, what they do is they have you in the morning, they have you recite, um, like the national anthem, they tell you the, the news of the day. And then, you know, like, you salute and then you go to class, you know, just, you know, real, real propaganda start the day. Uh, and then they had me on there and I just told the story to the whole school and I was nervous and they laughed and they enjoyed it. And from that point on, I'm like, man, this is great. I just, that's not even my story, but they loved it. You know, I told them it's not my story, but they loved it. But they're like, Hey, you knew it first. This was before social media. They could have just fact checked me, you know, like it was just word of mouth. So, but after how, that, I'm like, man, Imagine that nowadays. How did you rise to fame? I memorized the WhatsApp story. <laughs> it was it was it was it was hilarious, man. And everything was funny. It was basically uh, there was a dude. Basically, starts off a dude comes up to a crowded street. He's trying to like open up the street. He's trying to. There's an accident. He's trying to see what's happening, but nobody's letting him through. So he's like, "Hey guys, let me through. I, you know, I'm related to the deceased." So they're, they're they're like opening. They're like, "Oh man, this guy's related to the deceased. We gotta let him through." So that he opens up through and then he sees, uh, he he, uh, he comes to the accident and it's a donkey that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and every, like, that was a forwarded message. It was, it was a great story. I like, that's hilarious. So I passed that. So, you know, they loved it. So since then, I just use stories. And I think even in our personal conversations, I use stories to really convey points, convey points to you, Chima, before, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we can kind of get into that a little bit, um, but... I, I do want to touch on this and, and kind of emphasize this point that, you know, stories are really how we communicate as human beings, right? And so uh, if you look at like the workplace, one of the skills you have to have if you want to move up in the corporate world is the ability to tell stories, not just like funny stories, you know, like make people laugh, but use data to tell stories about what's happening and explain where we're going, right? Like there's multiple different uses for stories and podcasting. I think one of the most important things, and this is what I'm going to pick your brain on next is like keeping people engaged. Like storytelling is the way to do that, right? Like that, like what else is there besides stories to keep people engaged? There's something about stories that it just, like people want to listen, you know what I mean? So uh, can you, I'm going to ask you, can you just share a story? I, I, I mean, the one that comes to mind is when you were nine and you almost drowned. If you could share that. And you, you love that story. Yeah. Uh, I think just to touch on your point, yeah. I think obviously storytelling specifically in the podcast is, is very important. And I think there's like really comes down to a few types of podcasters. One of them is somebody who asks a really good question, right? This is somebody who has a lot of guests on and they just know how to ask the right questions, pick the guest mind. So they don't even have to say anything, right? Um, and then there are people, and then, you know, sometimes the guest isn't filling enough of the, you know, because a lot of the questions sometimes are leading them to towards an answer. So then the interviewer has to fill in some, you know, some of those points. And then so, there are some shows where 
you have you as an interviewer, you ha- you yourself have to be part of the story. A lot of people are interested in your perspective and in your narrative, and I think that's when it becomes really important. Um, but that story, that's I don't know, like you love that story, but it always it was a traumatic experience for me. <laughs> so you can you can share any story. It doesn't have to be that one. Um, I know you have I, a bunch ready. I do have like- a bunch, man. But like you know, you know what I'm saying, like. When I was, I remember this when I was at Way State, like when people were like, find out, oh, you know, I make, you know, do comedy. Some dude came up to me and said, hey, man, can, like crack a joke. I was like, bro, it's not a joke jukebox. You can't just come up to me and just tell me, like, put a quarter in, you know, you get a joke. Like, I, you know, it's hard. <laughs> it's just hard, like, in a vacuum to create a story. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a point that, that's, that, that gets glossed over it a lot is that it's hard to create a story in a vacuum, right? A lot mm. of uh, stories have precursors stories have a setting towards them stories have like an aura right so like right now if we're having a very serious conversation i'm like bro guys this hilarious story happened to me it just wouldn't fit right it just be like okay like that's no one cares but if we're having a very funny discussion and then i'm like man you know guys a serious thing happened um you know and i start telling a somber story again like it wouldn't matter right Mm. it would just be like in a void so uh, it's hard when you say in the, I mean <laughs> this is the perfect setting for telling stories just because it's a podcast but in vacuum when you're just hey on the spot tell a story there's so many I don't know what to pick but I'll just do that for you you know when I was nine year old story fourth grade it's a classic um basically uh I don't know how, I didn't know how to swim right and that's you know stereotypically I just didn't know how to swim not I don't mean to confirm the stereotype because now I know how to swim. But as a child, I did not know how to swim well. But I'm also a very prideful guy, right? So then the kids were all playing in the deep end of the pool. This is in fourth grade swim class. They're all playing in the deep end. and They're like making fun of me. They're like, haha, you can't swim up here. You're a loser, right? And I'm just like, bro, like, I can't swim. But you can't say that, you know, fourth grade. Kids are going to judge you, right? They're like, this idiot can't swim. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the deep end. So I go all the way to the edge of the deep end. I don't actually go, but I count it as a deep end. I'm close enough. And I tell them, hey, guys, like, you know, I'm in the deep end. Uh, I'm, I'm cool. You guys can't make fun of me anymore, right? I'm, I'm in fourth grade. So I'm chilling. Next thing you know, I slip, right? I slip into the deep end, right? It's a very slippery. It's one of those slope pools. I slip right into the deep end, and I'm just sitting there. I don't know if you've ever drowned or any of you ever drowned or came close to drowning before, but uh, you just forget everything. Like I just, I knew I was close to everything, but that just goes out of your mind. You're panicking. So I start flapping everywhere. Obviously I can't swim, so it's not doing anything. If anything, I'm actually drowning deeper. So I see one of the kids' legs that was like making fun of me as I was drowning, right? <laughs> trying to find help, right? I'm trying, I'm like trying to survive in any way I can. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just grab this kid's leg tell the teacher that I'm drowning. And then, you know, he can save both of us if this kid's drowning too. Like, he can swim. I can't. Like, so I'm just trying. I'm looking out for myself, really. So, I, you know, I try to pull myself up using this kid. Like, this kid thinks, like, I'm playing a prank on him. Or so, you know, like, we're playing, like, we're joking. So he just kicks me in the face, right? As I'm trying to pull myself up, just, just straight to the face. And I'm sitting there. I'm in survival mode at this point. Like, it doesn't matter that he just kicked me in the face. I'm trying to survive. So I just pull myself up. I'm like, I'm drowning. And I fall right back down because I can't swim. So this is one of the most disrespectful things that ever happened to me to this day. The teacher, like, he was one of those relaxed dudes, right? 
And this is my life we're talking about. This dude was, he was just talking to some kid. He just looks up. He like almost sighs, right? Like I, I see it before I drive. He's like, you know, he just sighs. And then he jumps in the water. Like, like it's, it's an inconvenience for him to save my life, right? So he jumps in the water and then he swims. He doesn't even use his hands. He does like that dolphin, that dolphin swim thing. And I felt so devalued. I'm like, bro, my life isn't worth to use your hands at this point. Like I'm drowning, bro. So at this point, and, I, and like I didn't before that even happened, I wasn't even sure if he was gonna come if he heard me. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm really in fourth grade. I I'm about to die. My mom's not even gonna come to my funeral. This is a sad way to go, you know. This is this is really really bad. Like, and she told me I should have go to the deep end too. So she's for sure gonna be me. Like, you know, I don't care if I'm dead. But anyways, this guy comes, gets me up, and then he asks if I'm okay, and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I wasn't fine, but like again, I'm too prideful. So I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then the kid that kicked me in the face is like, bro, are you good? I'm like, no, I'm not good, bro. You kicked me in the face. Like, I don't know. They're like, hey, we're going to play in the shallow. And do you want to come back in? I'm like, no, I'm good, bro. Y'all, hey, y'all have fun the rest of the day. So I didn't swim the rest of the day. Then we went and we're taking a shower, right? In one of those like stalls. And I'm taking a shower. I'm just washing the chlorine off. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I almost died today. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just the realization hit. Like, I almost died. It's fourth grade, man. I don't. I shouldn't be thinking about that stuff. I should be worried about like Pokemon or something. But I was just thinking, like, I really almost died, and it, it sucks. And I just sat there, you know, water was pouring in my face, and it was like a really dramatic scene. And I, and I just like I shed one tear, right? It just just fell down my face. It was like in my head, it was like all camera angles were flashing on that tear. This was like a this was like a revel uh, like a revelation for me, a moment like I realized death exists or something like that. And then they, right as that tear fell, the kid behind me, like, knocks on the door. He's like, hurry up, man. I'm like, yeah, all right, bro. All right, I'll be right out, bro. <laughs> I'm traumatized, man. So on the bus the whole way, like, in my head, it's just sad music playing. And I'm looking out the window, you know, head leaning against the window and just watching, you know, just watching the, the houses go by. I get home, and my mom has guests over, right? My eyes are bloodshot red from the chlorine. They're just, they're just dead right like i look like i've been traumatized like you can see it on my face and my mom just looks at me she's like what happened and i don't want to embarrass myself in front of the guests telling my drive so i'm like no nothing happened i'm good it's like Muhammad, what happened? i'm like no i'm good i'm good so then we i end up going to my room right and then the guests leave eventually and she comes she's like Muhammad, you know i'm your mom i know something's wrong what happened she probably thought like like you know i was like abused or something like she didn't she didn't know what was going on but i was her bloodshot red man so she's just trying to figure it out she's like what happened i'm just like um you know bob i, I just you know i, I can't i don't know I'm, I'm all right Muhammad, tell me what happened that third tell me i just couldn't hold it there was like that little thing in my throat where like you know you couldn't talk anymore and i was about on the verge of crying right and i just couldn't say anything so i just looked at her I'm like and I like paused and she asked me, Muhammad, what happened? I just couldn't hold it anymore. And I'm like, I, I dropped. And I just fall into her arms, bro. Like, it's like, this is one of the most heartwarming scenes of my life. Like I'm crying to my mom and, and I'm just telling her what happened. And like, I'm like, I dropped it. I went into the deep end. She's just comforting me, right? She's holding me, she's hugging me. And it's supposed to be like this really heartwarming moment for me. And then like a few seconds pass by. And then my mom just like, she goes like this. She's like, you dropped? <laughs> And she starts laughing at me, bro. Like, in the most traumatic moments of my life. And she's just sitting there, she's laughing. She's like, I don't understand why you're tripping. It's just, it was literally like a six-feet pool. Like, you were fine, you know? Like, and look, you're alive now. So what? You guys splashed a little bit. 
And I was sitting there, I was like, you know what? Like, I didn't think about it like that. You know, I was sitting here like I almost died. You know, my mom wouldn't have forgave me for dying so stupidly. <laughs> like, I was just thinking about it so dramatically. And she was like, it's not that serious. I mean, you're in fourth grade, you know, because, because you know, you, could, you can't swim. It happens, right? So I'm like, you know what? She's right. I brush myself up. You know, I pick myself up by my bootstraps, watch some cartoons, you know. I'm like, you know what? It's all right. It's not a big deal. It happens. But we're sitting there at the end of the day, like, hello. Like, I forgot about it. We're eating lunch. And then my mom, she goes, she goes, like, to my, my dad and my sister. Like, you know, we're just eating. Like, they're recapping the day. And my mom goes, like, yo, can y'all believe this idiot dropped? <laughs> and she, like, starts telling my family that. And they're all laughing at me, right? And before, I thought it was just a me and her thing. Like, I thought she was my confidant. But she just told my whole family like that. And now they're just like, man, you know, you can't even swim, you idiot. They're just making fun of me. And I'm sitting there, and then I'm laughing about it, too, because I'm like, what other option do I have at this point? You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't, you know, don't like, you know, like cry over it. I can't, you know, sulk. I just have to laugh. And that's the only way to move forward in this situation. And that was one of the less, the one time that I learned that, like, the importance of like humor in you know in traumatic situations sometimes like mm. a lot of people use humor as an escape mechanism and that day like that really helped me overcome that situation and i was able to go ne- back next week back in the swimming pool because i was able to laugh about it and i was able to minimize the seriousness of the situation my mom taught me that through a really roundabout traumatic way but she still mm. taught me that so i, I want to unpack this real quick and then uh, i know Asapai and Rafi, you guys haven't said anything, so I'll give it to you guys. But the mark of a story is that last line he said, you know, and that's when I realized, you know, humor can be uh, really useful for traumatic. Like if your story doesn't have that piece and you made up the people sit for however long the story is, and just just because it's a couple jokes doesn't make it a good story, right? You have to have that realization moment how you changed as a result of the story, how your perspective shifted. That is so important when you're telling stories, you have to have that. Like you're, what you're trying to communicate when you're telling stories is that last line, right? Everything else is just to illustrate the point. All right, uh, Asad Bhai. I mean, that was a very inspiring story where, you know, you had the whole, you know, as a child, you're obviously thinking, what's going on i'm about to lose my life and then obviously the whole element of mom's not going to come to my funeral and then his mom's comforting him and then she starts laughing and that's just <laughs> that sounds like such a mom thing to do so i mean it's a it's an amazing story uh so you've you've done a lot of storytelling i can you know tell over your you know you've grown storytelling so at this point in time in life like you said, people come up to you like they pretend like you're a jukebox of storytelling. Sometimes when you're listening to stories, do you ever, are you able able to, I know this is going to sound like a weird question. Are you able to immediately, like if, if I'm telling a story, are you able to immediately associate with that story and be like, yeah, I've had that happen in my life. And then the next story you tell is a very similar story. Does that happen? I, like I said, it's a weird, weird question. Yeah, no, I, I definitely do get your, your question. That's actually a very... Very good question. Uh, the brother in the back asked a very good question. Very good question. Uh, <laughs> like, it's actually good because, because the reality is to be a really good storyteller, you also have to be really empathetic, right? You have yeah. to try your best to be empathetic. Yeah. So, if again, like I said, if I'm just telling a random story, yeah. nobody's going to care. But 
if you're telling a story and I piggyback off that story and I'm able to relate it to you, then you have more personal value and stake in that story, right? So for me to be able to understand where somebody's coming from when they're telling a story and to be able to dissect, I think that's the biggest thing in, in every story is to dissect the feelings, the emotions, uh, the energy behind that story. And then you're able to bring your own perspective as well to add to the dialogue, right? That's something that's that takes definitely practice. A lot of times I've seen it in my own personal self, like storytelling, you can, it becomes uh, egocentric, right? You're not even listening to what other people are saying. You're just, hey, I want to tell this story. It's hilarious. Or it kind of relates to this, so I want to say it. But the mark of a true story, like a, a true storyteller, somebody who's telling a great story is that they're able to give you personal stake, right? Because like, for example, if I'm telling this story and then like this is just a regular conversation, she was like, that's hilarious. Bro, the same thing happened to me. I drowned, but or like I almost died this one time. And then he goes back and tells his story and the lesson he learned from it. That story has way more meaning than him just being like, wow, cool, bro. Yeah, anyways, what I was saying, right? He, and then him saying his own story in vacuum, then it's like, I don't want to listen to it. You know, I'm like, bro, like this man just messed me up, bro. Like he just ignored me and now he wants to tell his own story. Why would I listen? Yeah, but when I, you relate it to somebody, yeah, it just, it makes it a more powerful thing. Because I was listening to one, he's a scholar and I was listening to him and he was telling about how certain people don't know the right time to tell the right story or yeah. the right time to give the right speech even. And he was talking about how, you know, certain people, they're so bad at either giving speeches or motivational talks that, you know, generally speaking, people will ask them to give a talk at a funeral. And so this one guy, he was asked to give it a, give a talk at a wedding. And this guy generally, you know, he's an older guy and, you know, he always likes to talk about death. He gets up on the stage and he's at a wedding. And, you know, these two people, you know, they're getting married. They're looking forward to the rest of their life. And he gets on the stage and he starts talking about how, you know, they they're getting married today, but they might die tomorrow. And, you know, you know, basically puts a whole grim look on the whole situation. And he's like, look, if you want to be on the stage and if you want to be telling stories, you got to learn how to tell them, like, you know, the right story at the right time. And yeah, like you said, yeah. you know, if you segue properly, it makes sense. That and also, I think the importance of understanding your audience, right? Yeah. And even and even from that example that you're telling, the man just didn't get the audience, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody's at a wedding to try to remember death, right? Even though we should always remember death, right? Because it's yeah. a great reminder. But still, like, man, they just got married, man. You know, take it easy. So <laughs> I think just understanding the audience is something that's huge. And you even see it in people like YouTubers or people who tell stories. Like, that's what they do. They, they push their narrative out in whatever format. A lot of times they don't understand their audience, right? That's how you have controversies that happen, like just like uh, Jake Paul or Logan Paul or whatever that his controversy or the recent, you know, Dobrik controversy or things like that. People are just not understanding their audience, not understanding what they need to do with their responsibility and with their, like the responsibility of them telling their personal stories that they just completely missed the mark. And I think it's just, that's another important skill of storytelling to understand your audience. And that, that really, those examples you brought up relates to your other point about being empathetic and uh, not being egocentric too. So uh, yeah. excellent tie-in, man. What a full circle <laughs> moment. Rafi, do you have anything? Yeah, I don't have a question, but I think as Momo mentioned about 
you know, being empathetic and understanding. And I can relate, I also can definitely relate to this as well as like being in the nonprofit field. When it comes to fundraising, it, it took me a while to realize that every fundraiser that's up on a stage, he's telling a story. He's either from the Quran, from the, from the Sunnah, from, from his personal experiences, related to the cost to the project. He's telling a story, he's bringing in humor and towards the end, he literally digs deep into the person's heart. You know, that's where like he hits it, makes it emotional and makes them feel like, you know, this is so like heart wrenching that, you know what, what am I doing? I'm so helpless. And at the same time, I've seen fundraisers who like just lose the crowd. Like they're literally like yelling at the top of their voice and telling the stories and, and louder than their louder than them Rafi. speaking is the audience talking to each other. Rafi, you will not eat until we raise one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. So one one story really comes to mind is that I was I was in this fundraiser, and uh, um, the fundraiser started doing fundraising, right? <laughs> and people just started getting their like tea or whatever, and this dude goes like, he's a fundraiser on stage. This dude goes like. Can you please like not take the tea while I'm collecting funds? Can you like like relax and like do it later? And people are like awkward, like they're looking at him and they just continue doing their thing. And this guy's like, <laughs> like you know. So so I think as what Momo mentioned, it's really important to like attract the the not attract, like engage the audience from the beginning because I think when it comes to storytelling, because no story is gonna be super short, especially in like a in like a public setting or in a setting even when when you're with your friends. So it's really important to like ensure that they're already engaged from the start and towards the end, they're not like completely lost. So that brings me to the question, Momo. I mean, you've, you've been telling stories for how long now? 23, 24 years? Uh, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, not all 23, but like maybe like about at least 20. Yeah, I was a, I was telling stories since birth, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you came but, out you the know, start hey, I actually had I, up. I, I have a good story from when I was bored, but you know, that's besides the point. Uh, yeah. no, you can never mention that. Maybe you might even be able to answer this question is that have you ever felt that the audience was engaged in your story, really liking it? You can always tell from their faces, from the expression, you know, they're there. But towards the end, you did not get the reaction that you expected. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in situations like that. I, again, closing a story one of the toughest things I think is in any storytelling, just closing a story because closing a story is the difference between you got them or you lost them. Right. The, the whole, the, the beginning rise, uh, you know, uh, and like climax can be great, but if you can't finish it, well, it doesn't matter. You didn't, you didn't catch anybody. And even if the rise to, you know, in the climax all suck, but you have a great ending, then you can really capture people, right? So mm. I've been in situations like that where I'm doing great all the way through, right? And I'm telling great stories back to back. And then the whole time I'm on stage, I'm like, bro, how did I finish this? <laughs> like, that's just, that's the hardest part in, in general about stories, right? Even in marketing, right? You're watching an ad, you're like, no, this is a good ad. And then at the end, it's like, they don't even get you. There's not a call to action. There's nothing. Ending. Yeah, abrupt ending, skip ad, like you move on, right? Um, but like I've been, I had definitely had been in situations like that. And I, th I just wanted to mention, speaking of fundraising, one of the best fundraisers I've ever seen is, uh, Sheikh Abdullah, uh, the way he, one of the brothers. Shabu he's hilarious, man. One of the best fundraisers. I remember I was, I was a broke college student, right? And he's sitting there, this was a Ramadan fundraiser. He was like, if a brother gives $5,000 right now, I will make the special, special marriage da'a for this brother. 
special marriage to offer this brother. And I'm sitting there like that. I got four. Four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, but I might do it. I might do it. I might go broke with this special dua. And this man really understood his audience, right? And he was able to like gravitate to like he was able to grab me, right? And it's Ramadan, you know, like this is the best opportunity. It's Ramadan dua from a sheikh. Everybody in the message is gonna say, I mean, I'm like, bro, that sounds like a quick way to. I'm just basically paying my mahar right now if I pay this five thousand dollars. But I, I mean, I, I didn't do it, but he almost got me. Is what my whole point, but. Even in that fundraiser, he was able to finish really strongly. He was able to, like, get every, finish off on a good note, good story about donating. And he finished off on a high note. A lot of times with the problem with fundraisers is that they finish off on a low note. They're like, okay, well, we didn't get to our goal. Thank you guys for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah. Or we did get to our goal. Thank you guys for coming. We appreciate it. And that's it, right? There's not like a... There's not like a, an excitement to the end of it, right? But Shah Abdullah really knows how to bring excitement towards the end. He, he, awesome. has, he tells a funny story or he just makes you excited. It's like, you guys did it. And then he makes like a major da'a, stuff like that. So I, definitely, I think just the conclusion, the most important part of a story. If, if, the, the, if one part you focus on is a storyteller, you have to focus on your ending. Hmm. So uh, that brings me to the last thing that we usually do. We usually do key takeaways. What I'm going to ask you to do is just any tips you have just off the top of your head on telling better stories for the audience to kind of take away and actually apply in when they're uh, actually telling stories, like anything you can think of off the top of your head. I think we can do a whole series on storytelling, man. Like I think yeah. we didn't even scratch the surface here today. And, and I'm starting I, to realize I, that. I think the, the number one tip that I, that I tell to myself and just to everybody is, keep telling stories right that's the only way to get better is you keep telling stories and you keep telling stories to an audience right and that's what a, even a lot of stand-up comedians do is they just go around comedy clubs they're telling they're doing their sets they're getting feedback they're seeing what works and they're seeing what was not working and then they're formatting into this one big thing that they're going to present which is their special right so you just have to keep telling stories and and another important thing is you have to find your medium, right? Maybe you're not the best storyteller, but maybe you could be a really great poet. Maybe you can be a really great writer. Those are all still mediums to tell stories. Maybe you can be a great video maker, right? Like there, there's a bunch of ways to tell stories and there's a bunch of different non-traditional ways to tell stories, right? A maybe you can be a podcaster. You can be a podcaster. You can be a movie maker, right? There's... People have told stories so many different ways that it's just, you know, anim animators, animators tell stories, right? People who do those like little boxes with like, you know, like comics, the people who do the comics, right? Those people are telling stories through their medium, right? And it's just really, it's about expressing yourself. And that's the, the most important thing about storytelling is that you're giving yourself an outlet, right? You're able to express yourself and you're able to express your emotions and you're able to express what you want to say. And that's something that's, invaluable so you have to go out there and try to find the best way for you to do that personally thank you so much momo thank you for coming on uh, i hope we can have you on again soon what i'm going to close with is uh what you reminded me of is hans zimmer has this quote he says that when it's all said and done and i'm going to butcher this quote i can't find it right now but when it's all said and done and the highest high rises have been built and these buildings you know all, all the technological advancements have been made there's still going to be stories to tell. And so stories are this universal force that is always going to remain. And for the audience that doesn't know, Hans Zimmer is the, 
the musical composer behind some of the most iconic movies inception he's a great composer yeah yeah, yeah. he works he works with uh christopher nolan uh almost exclusively great great production yeah all right uh, thank you again momo thank you for the Thanks audience for listening Thanks for having yep let's uh let's i'm gonna reach out to you we'll try to get you on as a recurring guest inshallah but yeah we'll see you next time guys all right thank you see you guys bye thank you